Welcome back to the Major Journey Podcast. Today, we have a special guest who is a contributing author to an extraordinary project, an anthology titled Courage in Cannabis. Her chapter is about using cannabis and caregiving for her mother, and I'm sure her story is going to make an impact on every reader and listener whose path crosses. And so without further ado, Dorothy Thigpen, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for joining us today and congratulations on, on being a contributing author to, to Courage in Cannabis and collaborating yeah. on this with, with Dr. Bridget. Thank you. It, it was, um, as I, I mentioned to you before, it was just something that doing things like this was way out of my comfort zone uh, lately. I mean, in another life, I was... Uh, um, I had my job was to speak uh, publicly, but through the last uh, five years, I guess, or so, it it really just a lot of things changed, and it was because of um, a big uh, part of it was caregiving and the way it had the impact it had on me, and so uh, my story is about uh, being a caregiver and. Hopefully other people will possibly hear it or read about it. And um, I hope I can help other people in, in negotiating some of the ups and downs. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure there's going to be a really, a really positive impact that comes from your story. Um, without, of course, you know, giving away everything that you that you mm -hmm. put out into the book. Um, for those listening, could you maybe just kind of unpack a little bit what your, um, you know, what, what your journey looked like when you first got started with cannabis and sort of how mm -hmm. you got introduced to the plant and how that unfolded into kind of where you are today within the cannabis community? Wow. Um, well, of course, I'm a boomer. So uh, I actually, my very personal <laughs> start with cannabis was when I was young and I was using it recreationally. Um, and I, I feel like what I know now about cannabis and the plant, um, I was actually self-medicating because uh, my whole life I've had anxiety, depression, and um, some other things like um, Later, I found out I had fibromyalgia and things like that and headaches and migraines. But um, so it was more self-medicating because when I started, when I was very young, um, when I say very young, um, I was a teenager. I was in college and um, I actually would not use it uh, consistently. And it was more of a social thing because it helped me be social and, and it, it helped with my anxieties. And um, so I was really using it medicinally and I did use it for headaches and my fibromyalgia. So that's about me. So that's when I started very young and, and found out about cannabis. Um, but my story is about caregiving for my mother and I came back to Columbus, Ohio from New York. I lived in Brooklyn and um, I never thought I would come back to Columbus, Ohio 
on a long-term basis. But um, I, I kind of was, I, I don't want to say forced because I would have done it uh, because my mother, you know, everyone who wouldn't do that. Well, you know, I, I was very close to my mother. And um, so the story didn't just start when I came back a few years ago to help her uh, through her dementia. But when I was uh, young, um, my brother and I in the 70s showed my mother how to use a bomb. Hmm. And that's in the story. And uh, so that went went way back to when we started using it medicinally in this family. My father uh, was a pharmacist. And um, so drugs, uh, topics, it was open talking about drugs and uh, herbs and things like that uh, in our household, even when I was young. So, um, my mother found out she had cancer uh, and she had it multiple times in her lifetime. But uh, back in the seventies was the first time she was diagnosed with, uh, with um, lymphoma. And her doctor suggested, um, you know, to really help her through uh, really aggressive radiation and chemotherapy. Um, he suggested, hey, you have young kids, you know, high school and college age kids, maybe get them, you know, to help you out a little with, with a little medicinal weed. <laughs> Back then, though, it, the stigma was so bad that it wasn't that casual. And so, but uh, joyfully, my brother and I did. And it was the difference between night and day when um, from the first time uh, we had a session with her. And um, so from that point on in my story, I, I relate to different experiences connected to uh, cannabis. And um, up to the time when I found out my mother was having uh, TIAs brain uh, little tiny strokes and um, which culminated in, in, it was into dementia. And so I, I um, came home when I realized what was going on and she really wasn't a big cannabis user at that point. She was in her eighties and um, I'm sure she would have used cannabis a lot more if there wasn't a stigma to it and if it had been legal. So um, I asked her, you know, did she wanna, wanna try vaping a little? And I, I brought some with me from Brooklyn. And so um, I would say cannabis made a big difference with my, um, my elderly aging mother who had uh, a few ailments. And when I got home from Brooklyn to live here to help her, she was taking about nine or 10 pills 
in addition to insulin. And um, cannabis really, really made a difference in um, helping her. She got off insulin I through her diet. And I didn't really realize it a lot then. But now that I've been to um, school, I, I went to Cleveland School of Cannabis a couple of years ago. And now that I know so much more about the plant and the terpenes and the medicinal uh, applications for it, um, I realized that really helped me get her off of insulin and a couple of other medications. And um, so it's it's been a journey and cannabis has been a part of, of my adult life journey. Yeah, and wow, I mean, that's that's a powerful story. Um, you, you mentioned also the Cleveland School of Cannabis and how mm-hmm. they provided a lot of insight and a lot of education into sort of how everything worked. Because um, it almost seemed to me like you knew that there was something, something you know, special about about the plant, about the herb, and that it was helping. But it's almost like you For know, sure. how, how does this, how does this, you know, actually work its magic? Um, and so, for those who might be in the Cleveland area and you know who who have access to it, can you kind of just give a little bit of a background on the Cleveland School of Cannabis and kind of what its purpose is and and what role it sure. serves? In um, as much as I can, there. Hopefully you'll speak to other people. I know you talked to Dr. Bridget, mm-hmm. possibly some other people in the book. Um, for me, I live in Columbus, Ohio. So it's a two hour drive. And I would make that two hour drive in the mornings uh, to get there. Once I found out about the school, um, I had friends in Cleveland who told me about it. Wow. And that was at a pivotal point of my life because my mother had passed and um, I was going through a lot. But Cleveland School of Cannabis um, is, uh, I did a two-year program and so I have the executive cannabis certificate. But um, they would come to Columbus, Ohio and do these um, uh, kind of seminars. And so, when I attended that, I realized uh, these were really serious people. It wasn't about, hey, let's talk about marijuana. Uh, I, I started going to those and then I looked at their curriculum and I learned so much. I took classes, everything from horticulture, um, commercial horticulture, um, uh, uh, biology of the plant, um, cooking for cannabis. I, I took the whole gamut of very cool of uh, classes that they offer, and um, I always lean towards the medicinal or biological kind of conversations around it because when I was younger, my uh, major had been pharmacy, so. Um, it's a wonderful school that um, really I'm not doing it justice because uh, you need to talk to Kevin Green and to Dr. Bridget about its history. 
but it had only been around for a year or two when I, I started going. And um, it's a really diverse uh, student body. Uh, they, they started with just the campus in Cleveland and now they have a campus in Columbus. So I did the first year in Cleveland and the second year in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and I, I can't say enough about uh, the school, the curriculum, the instructors, uh, the staff. Uh, I felt really embraced and I was really anxious about it because when I started, I was, you know, 60. And um, I thought, oh, I'm too old. But there's such a diverse group of staff and students there that I would suggest anyone go to it. And I highly suggest people in the medical field mm. check it out um, because you learn so much about the actual um, plant and about its history. Um, you learn so much about uh, how uh, other people are using it and how you can use it. And I've, I feel like, okay, great. I, I, I'm going into a second type of career. I was in independent film <laughs> and, um, and I, I feel now like I, I'm definitely uh, trying some different things in the cannabis industry in, in the space. Yeah, that's, it, it's so, it's very refreshing and nice to hear that that's kind of your, that that was your experience with the school and that so much good has sort of come from it. I've, I've connected with a couple other authors um, who have also attended the, the Cleveland School of Cannabis and they all, you know, they, they all have wonderful things to say about it. And it's just so interesting yeah. that they each have different things that come from it, right? Like their, their paths mm -hmm. and their careers kind of all go in slightly different directions, but there's, there's a lot of good that comes from it. And it seems like there is that very tight knit, almost like family-like feeling once you're enrolled. Like you feel like you can, you can trust the people that you're sitting next to and, and the instructors. And you, you have that ability just to ask, you know, very open questions. How does this work? Well, what about this? How does this interact with that? And I just, I really hope, and I've mentioned this before, I really hope that other, other states follow suit and, and establish I, I hope so. and a place like that for others throughout the country to gain access to education like that. Yeah, I had um, often heard of the schools in California. And in the back of my mind, I, I used to think, wow, I'd love to do something like that and take some classes. And um, I feel it was divine intervention that uh, this whole connection with the Cleveland School of Cannabis uh, came to fruition. And um, I, I'm really, really very happy I did it. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, Dorothy, one last question I, I wanted to ask you. What's been something that you've learned throughout your journey with cannabis um I, I i almost don't even want to call it the cannabis industry it's it's really at this point it, it's really like a cannabis community with how yes. so many people are but 
Um, just for sake of the conversation or the question, what's something that you have learned by being active and participating in the cannabis industry that, you know, looking back on maybe you wouldn't have learned or picked up on from being involved in a more traditional industry or, or movement, mm -hmm. so to say? I think that, uh, well, number one, I have to say that if I had known what I learned in the classes at uh, CSC, I would have uh, been able to use cannabis uh, a little more aggressively and with more confidence when I was taking care of my mom. And um, I've learned about this whole cannabis space, uh, the people I've met in it are, I'll use the word again, are just so diverse. Their, um, their backgrounds, their journey, what they do as uh, a living, you know, what they do professionally and career-wise. It's, it's across, there's a whole cross-section of, of people who are very, a lot of them are very generous and open and helpful. Um, to anyone uh, who wants information about it. Yeah, that's that's great insight. Um, and so, for for listeners who might be interested in in connecting with you or even you know learning more about the book, um, what's an easy way for somebody to reach out and connect with you, Dorothy? Um, well, I I don't have any special uh, emails or. Not. They can reach me at my email, uh, d-e-t-h-i-g at gmail.com. And uh, hopefully I'm working, I'm working on a, a, a new website. Most of my um, contacts were around my um, film work and, and media work. So I'm, I'm switching now and um, hopefully when I, really get into the space and I'm working with someone uh, around starting a hemp farm and um, and also uh, you know I'm really interested in doing some things with CBD so um, that's the way they can get in touch with me right now and um, you know as soon as I have other uh, contacts if they want to contact me there then I can direct them to other ways I can can talk to them. But I'd love to be able to help talk about cannabis and also talk about caregiving because it wasn't available even uh, four or five years ago. Yeah, that's such an important aspect of the industry and community that I think sometimes even gets overlooked and, and overshadowed. So thank you so much for offering that resource to, to listeners. Dorothy, thank you again for joining us today. I really- Wow, thank you. Really appreciate yeah. you taking the time to share your story. Love your podcast. You're so open about it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode. We will catch you next time. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Michigan. And I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.